1 Peter chapter 5 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, if you're using one of our Bibles, it's page 830, and I want to invite you to go ahead and open up uh, to 1 Peter chapter 5 um, with me. And uh, kind of on the front end uh, of our morning, I want to say today is going to be, in, in a lot of ways, both a really ordinary day, kind of an ordinary Sunday for us, and in other ways, it's going to be a really significant and kind of out of the ordinary day for us. It's, uh, I believe in a lot of ways, going to be kind of a, a both-end thing. So in the ordinary, you know, all summer long, we've been going through the book of 1 Peter together, and uh, this morning, we're coming to 1 Peter chapter 5, which is uh, where we're supposed to be in the text, and we're going to worship together, we're going to take communion together, and we're going to pray and confess sin together like we do every week. So in some ways, it's just kind of an ordinary Sunday, And then in other ways, uh, it's one of those moments where what we're studying together in the Word lines up with the season that we find ourselves in as a church family where I believe we're getting ready to launch into something incredibly good, something really beautiful, something really significant, something that will allow us as a church family to not just go wider into the mission that Jesus has given us, but to go deeper uh, into the reality of what it means to be a local church right here and right now. You know, one of the things that has been burning in our hearts as leaders for a season is uh, as we keep moving forward as a church, we wanna get better and better and better at being a local church. And we also wanna get better about being the global people of God being released into this big mission that he's given us. And this morning, uh, I want us to talk about something that I believe is gonna anchor us really deeply, not just in the spirit of God, but in the context of this community as uh, we keep moving forward. And so uh, in some ways today is gonna be a little bit like a family meeting. So if you're new and you're like, man, it's weird I sat in somebody else's family meeting. Um, sorry about that. But at the same time, I think it's gonna be awesome because maybe you'll get to see our heart and see Jesus's heart as well. You know, several weeks ago, it was kind of just an ordinary day. Um, Sydney and I had uh, woken up and what made the day kind of pleasant was we woke up before our kids did. And so those of you that have kids, you know what a miraculous thing this is. Like if you wake up before they do, most days I am like shaken awake by one of my boys jumping in bed on top of me. True story from Thursday of this week, I kid you not. I'm asleep and my mouth is open because uh, I'm sleeping and I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. And all of a sudden I have this terrible taste in my mouth. And I'm like, what is that taste? And my five-year-old or my six-year-old son, Jack, is looking at me. And he says, Dad, do you know what that taste is? I said, no. He says, that's my booger. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm like, I'm like, what? And there's this booger that he put in my mouth. I said, why would you do that? And he said, because my nose was full and your mouth was open and I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> there's no spiritual point behind that story, but we're family. And... Uh, I'm not gonna segue into a great verse or anything like, that's just life in our house. It's like a mess, but you know, a few weeks ago, Sydney and I, we woke up and we woke up before our kids did and we're like, wow, we're crushing life today. Spent a few minutes in the Word and in prayer, like checking off, crushing life again. You know, I go for a little walk around the block and then I come back in and Sydney's made this huge breakfast, uh, all of our, our boys' favorite foods and they come in and they sit down and uh, they're sitting there at the table and it never dawns on them all of the work that had just gone in to the moment that they were leaning into. You know, they hadn't purchased the food, they hadn't planned the meal, they hadn't done any of the work, they just sit down and they're getting ready to eat their favorite food ever because their mom is awesome. If it was me, it would just be cereal every day, if I remember. But you know, she had made this huge breakfast, so they, they eat this breakfast and then I, I go to work and she takes them downtown, they go to the splash pad, which is this little park downtown where they play around in the fountains and they come home and they, they ride bikes and they play in this dirt pit behind her house and they climb in the tree house. And I get home at the end of the day and we're sitting there at dinner 
And we're just kind of going around the table. I'm like, tell me about your day. Like, what was your day like? And my boys are just telling me everything they did. And it was just, you know, it had kind of escaped them, but everything they mentioned just so happened to be like their favorite thing in the world. And I'm like, guys, do you realize why your day was so awesome? I'm like, your, your day was so awesome because God has like given you a mom who when she woke up in the morning until she will put her head down on this pillow at night, the only thing she is thinking about is your well-being. The only thing she's thinking about is your flourishing. The only thing she's thinking about is, is whether or not you have what you need. And I'm trying to have this profound moment, like trying to build some gratitude into, into my eight, six, and three-year-old, and it's totally lost on them. Like, like they don't recognize it at all. It's just like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, we got a mom. Everybody's got a mom. You know, and it just, it's kind of one of those moments. And as I was watching their indifference to the gift that God had given them in the form of their mother, I was reminded of my own indifference at times. When, when God has put people in my life who they weren't getting paid for this, nobody was making them do this, but for whatever ever reason, they responded to the call of God in their life and they said, we wanna use our life to make yours better. Have you ever had somebody like that? Like, we, we could all go around, you could name a coach, you could name a parent, you could name a friend, you could name a, maybe a pastor or a youth pastor or a mentor or a spouse. And I'm convinced that sometimes the greatest gifts that God gives us come in the form of other people who, though nobody was paying them and no, nobody was making them, they, they raised their hand for the call of God and said, we want to use our life to help your life flourish. It'd be fun if we go around and to talk about that. But um, this morning, here's what I'm excited about is, you know, for our, our church is almost 10 years old and we, we've been praying for a long time. Like, hey, God, would you raise up some leaders among us who, who would begin to care for the church, not because they're made to do it, not because they're paid to do it, but because they are responding to the call of God on their life for the sake of us, for the sake of those that get to journey in this place that we call ethos. And this is what Peter's gonna talk about in 1 Peter chapter five. There's a lot of different words that are used for leaders like this, but he's gonna use the word elder. And this morning, I'm so excited to talk about what I believe is the beginning of a new season for us as a church family, where God is raising up a team of leaders among us who are walking under the call of God in their life to help bring us not just into a deeper place as a church family, but into a wider place that we live in to the mission of God. And so earlier this week, Brandon and I, one of the other teaching pastors here at Ethos, um, we recorded a teaching, which it's kind of weird. I don't know if you've ever sat and watched yourself teach on a video in front of other people. It's a horrible thing. I never recommend doing it. But I'm about to do that in a minute. I'm gonna watch a video that I already recorded because we want our whole church to see it at the same time. And, and we wanna give us the space on the back end of this to, to pray and to worship and to thank God together as we enter into this next season of not just going wider into the mission to the ends of the earth, but going deeper in the things that God has given us. So I wanna pray for us uh, together this morning, and then we're gonna jump into 1 Peter chapter five, and uh, we're gonna see what God has for us. Cool, makes sense? Right? Okay, so if you feel comfortable, grab the hand of the person next to you, and I'll, and I'll pray over us. We're a family, we can do that. Don't be weird about it. And uh, let, let me pray, and we'll jump in. God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of this moment. God, thank you for uh, these leaders and their families. God, thank you uh, for all of the future leaders that will be raised up in our church to help care for our church as well. God, I thank you for this moment. God, would you fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit?
Would you fill us with the joy of heaven? Would you give us a mutual love and admiration for one another? But more importantly, would you help us to see the gift that we are receiving from the Lord Jesus himself? Uh, A gift of people that want to give their lives to help care for the body of believers at Ethos. Lord, thank you so much. It's in the name of Jesus I pray and give thanks. Amen. Let's watch this together. Hey, what's up, Ethos? My name's Dave, and this is Brandon, and it is one of our greatest joys to get a service to the pastors here on the team at Ethos Church. As your campus pastors just mentioned, today, typically in our worship gathering, we take this time to open up the scriptures, and someone typically stands up and and live teaches in front of you. But today, we want to do something a little bit different. We wanted to take this moment to just share one piece of a vision that we think God is inviting us into in this next season as a church family. We kind of recognize, especially if you're new to our church family, if this is your first time worshiping with us today, it may feel kind of weird, like, why are they doing this, but you know, as is the case with every family, there's times that families just have to talk about things that matter and are significant to the family. So hopefully you'll see our heart, you'll see Jesus' heart kind of in the middle of all this, and you'll jump into the mission that God has called us to. You know, all summer we've been going through the book of First Peter uh, together, this, this letter that was written to the early churches by a guy named Peter, who's one of Jesus' closest friends. And uh, today, in our time together, we come to chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. You can open up your Bibles and look along with me. But this is what he says. He says, to the elders among you, He says, I appeal as a fellow elder and as a witness of Christ's suffering with all who will share in the glory of God that is to be revealed one day. So Peter says, here I am uh, as a leader in the church, writing to those of you that are also leading and serving in the church. Listen to what he says. He says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but being eager to serve, not lording your leadership over those that have been entrusted to you, but being examples in the faith to the flock. I love this. He says, and when Jesus, the chief shepherd, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade. And so there's this moment where Peter says, hey, I want to write to you as leaders of the local church. He says, you have a responsibility that's been given to you by God to care for the people that are part of that local church and to lead that local church into the mission that Jesus has given you. So one of the things that Brandon and I are so excited to teach on today and share with you is we believe we're entering into a season as a church family where we're going to take a step and really for the first time as a church family, we're going to raise up a new team of leaders here within the Ethos family. Uh, These leaders are what Peter refers to. They're elders, uh, folks that will partner with our pastoral team, our pastoral staff to help steward the vision, care for the vision, care for the church, lead the church into this exciting season ahead. And so today that's what we want to dig into. But in order for us to do that, we want to tell you why we're going to do this, how we're going to do this, when we're going to do this, who's going to jump in. And we want you to see the journey that we think Jesus is so clearly calling us on. Before we can talk about, though, the amazing things that are on the horizon for us as a church family, we think it's important to look back and reflect upon all that God has done. And we want to do this for two reasons. The first is it evokes this praise in our hearts as we think about the the faithfulness of God to our church family. And the second thing that it does is it gives us a perspective, the perspective that we need as we step into these, these new waters this next season as a church family together. You know, one of the questions that Sydney and I so often get asked is people say, where'd you come up with the idea for Ethos? We always tell them it wasn't our idea. You know, this wasn't what we were dreaming of. This isn't what we were looking for. It was about 10 years ago, God just started illuminating all of these people in our lives, these people that we love so dearly who didn't yet know and love God. And so I remember we had just come out of this season of prayer. We're asking God what to do with that. And I remember he just impressed this thought in our hearts. He said, hey guys, if your friends and family won't come to church with you, will you be the kind of church that will go to them? 
And there's something about that question from the Lord that really began to propel us into a new way of thinking. And so we, we got together 12 people in our living room right there in that rented house off of Shackleford Road, kind of across from the soccer field at Lipscomb University. And I remember we just started dreaming together about what would happen if a group of ordinary people would leverage their lives, lean their lives in to this extraordinary call of God. And the mission uh, from day one and the mission that we have now, it's really always been built around these three simple components. You know, what would happen if this group of people learned to love God with the entirety of who we are? And what would happen if we learned how to love each other more than we love ourselves? And what would happen if we would choose to partner with Jesus in awakening this movement that he began to, to push back the darkness, to make disciples, to plant churches, to care for those in these? And the more we thought about that, God started birthing in us this dream that has become ethos that we've all grown to know and love. Yeah, and I remember when you and Sydney asked Courtney and I to be a part of this adventure. It was over 10 years ago. We were still in college. I remember sitting down on the couch and, and, and saying, hey, we think God is inviting us to do something significant in the city, to reach people in the city who don't know Jesus. Do you want to be a part of that? And we went back and, and talked and prayed, and we just realized, man, we can't say no to this opportunity. We have no idea what it's going to look like or what God is doing, but this is just a ride that we want to be a part of. And so we jumped in you know, almost 10 years ago, and, and we haven't looked back since. You know, and there's, there's these funny stories all of these moments from our history. I, th I think back to, to being in that living room for the first time uh, with those 12 people and uh, we're worshiping Jesus. And in the front of our house, we had this huge kind of window in the front and our neighbors, they literally thought we were starting a cult, you know, because <laughs> they're walking by and they saw like all these young adults like standing in our house, like raising their hands, like washing each other's feet. Like literally we did that one night and like, you know, worshiping and they're like, what's going on there? Or I think about the moment when we outgrew our house and we moved from the house to Frothy Monkey. You know, this is before 12 South was like the cool place to be. And so, you know, we rented out Frothy Monkey. We thought, man, we finally got a place to meet as a church. And they were charging us $200 a week to meet there. And so on the third week, we ran out of money and we got kicked out of Frothy Monkey. And we're like, oh no, we're homeless again. Uh, but we couldn't fit in our house. And so we went to this park that was next to this middle school in the middle of Green Hills. And I have all these fond memories from the park. Some of you were part uh, of those days. But I remember every week I'd get there early and I'd climb over this fence that was next to uh, the vending machines connected to this school. And I'd unplug all the vending machines had plug up our extension cords and run them out to the field so we could set up our sound system. And so, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but our church was literally built on us stealing power uh, from the public school system. But just kind of the wild, like gritty nature of those early days, 20, 30, 40 people just gathering together, being committed to, man, how do we love God? And how do we love people? And how do we awaken this movement? And then I'll never forget the day that God began opening the door for us to come downtown. The truth is, 10 years ago, downtown didn't look the way that it looks right now. You know that. I mean, Nashville is constantly changing. But I remember uh, moving in, and we just began to really sense in our heart that God was putting us here in the middle of downtown to be a bridge, to be a bridge uh, between the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor, to those uh, that are just crushing life and to those that are feeling like they're being crushed by life. And we felt like God was sending us here with the mission, and he opened the door at the cannery, and then at Marathon, and then, then at Hillsborough Village, and then over and over and over, he's kept extending this mission. And so all along the way, we've, we've been learning together. What does it look like to become a people that are learning to love God and to love people and to awaken this movement that Jesus began? So we look at where we are right now as a church family nearly 10 years into this. And we think about all the things we've got to see God do, the things that we've gotten to be a part of. You know, we've watched as hundreds of you have given your lives to Jesus. It's amazing. You know, every Sunday, literally thousands of people across the Ethos family gather at Marathon and Hillsborough Village and the cannery to worship Jesus and to live for his glory. We've gotten to know so many people in this amazing city. And we've got to walk with each other through many seasons of pain and struggle and heartache. You know, we've built partnerships and friendships with churches and organizations and city leaders to, to push back the areas of darkness in the city. We've gotten to work with leaders in more than 50 different countries all over the world seeing the kingdom of God come to bear right here and right now. 
We started as one worship gathering in downtown Nashville, and now we have seven different worship gatherings across three different campuses, hundreds of house churches scattered all over our city. And, you know, and we've had the joy of discipling and training and raising up leaders and sending them out to start new churches, not Ethos churches, just new churches here in the city of Nashville and across the country and now all across the world. And as I think about all that God has done, it's what Brandon said earlier, when I look back, it, it causes me to just praise God. I, I, I really resonate with the words of Habakkuk and Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, where it says, God, when I think back on all that you've done, he says, I stand in awe of your deeds. And the truth is, when I reflect back on our history, it just like brings me to this place of praise. But what I love about Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, is he says, man, I've seen what you've done, God. And he says, but I want to see more. Like, I believe that our history is something to celebrate, but our destiny is something to live for. And that's where we find ourselves today as a church family. We go, man, God, you've done amazing things these first nine and a half years, but we believe the best is yet to come. And it's really brought us to a place as pastors where we're saying, hey, God, how do we position our church for the things that you have ahead? You know, nine years ago when we were really praying and asking God what our unique mission is as a church, he kept taking us back to these two really central teachings from Jesus' life and ministry. One comes from Matthew 22, which is the great commandment. You know, maybe you remember that story where a guy comes up to Jesus and says, of everything in the scriptures, what's the most important and Jesus to paraphrase says here it is love God with the entirety of who you are and love others as much as you love yourself he says that's what I want you to be about and so part of our mission you know love God love people comes from the great commandment but the the last part of our mission comes from the great commission out of Matthew chapter 28 where Jesus he's raised from the dead he spent 40 days teaching his disciples and other people about the kingdom of God and he's getting ready to return to heaven and he looks at his disciples and he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me he says and in light of that here's what I want you to do with the rest of your life. He says, I want you to make disciples wherever you go, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, and I'm going to be with you in the midst of all of that. And so as we begin really wrestling with, okay, God, what are you calling us to do? We said, we want to be a great commandment people living into the Great Commission, loving God, loving people, and awakening a movement. And we begin to realize, man, this call to what Jesus has put us here in the city for is a call that literally is both deep and wide when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God. Yeah, and so God is inviting us to this deep reality of, of life with him. He says, I want you to love me with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. This is not just some shallow, just show up on Sundays, give God a little. No, he says, I want the entirety of who you are. It's this deep call on our lives. He, he says, I want you to be baptized, and I want you to obey everything. I want you to, to, to teach people the fullness of what I desire. And you look at that and you go, man, that is a deep call that God has for us. And so that is a part, on one hand, of what God is inviting us into, this deep reality of life with Him. And so as we think about this next season of life and ministry as a church, you know, we're going, how do we get better at being a local church? Like, how do we get better about going deeper together as the people of God? Like, really knowing His heart, really knowing each other, really caring for one another. But we understand that the mission is not just about going, deeper. It's also about going wider. You know, it's where Jesus in the Great Commission says, hey, here's the deal. I want you to make disciples of all the nations. He says it's going to start in Jerusalem, but then it'll go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we understand that you know, this call on our lives, it's not just a suggestion from Jesus, it's actually a command. And so as leaders, one of the things that we've been praying for in this season is, Jesus, how do we get better at the both end? How do we get better at going deep? And how do we get better at going wide also that people can see Jesus for who he really is? 
You know, I remember uh, when we were starting this church, even before we'd ever had our first worship gathering, Sydney and I, we felt this, this mission being placed on our life, kind of this mantle that God was asking us to carry. And we realized that this mantle of being both a deep and wide church wasn't something we could carry alone, wasn't something we could do alone. We knew that we needed a team, that we needed people to help us. But uh, first and foremost, we knew that we needed some spiritual covering. You know, at the time, we were part of this amazing church out in Brentwood called Harpeth Hills, and I wish I had more time to talk about the, the leaders at Harpeth and some of our friends and family members at Harpeth. We were there for seven years, just love those people, uh, a part of that church. But I remember before we had ever had a single worship gathering or a single meeting for Ethos, we went in and we sat down with the, the leaders and said, here's this mission that God is putting on our hearts, this mission that's deep and wide. And I'll never forget those leaders looking at us saying, hey, you've got to lean into this. You've, you've got to do this. And the truth is, so much much of the grace that we've experienced in our church family has come uh, because that church was willing to take a risk with us all those those years ago. And so I remember what we said, hey, would you be our covering? W would you bring us some wisdom? You know, at the time, Sydney and I were only 26 years old. We're like the oldest people in the church. And we're like, man, we need some help to do this. And so for the first six years of our church family, the Harpeth Hills elders served as the ethos elders as well. They'd send people down to care for us, to love on us, to pray with us, to walk with Sydney and I through tough decisions, to help our staff and our team navigate how we steward our resources and our time and our energy. And it was this unbelievable blessing in the early days of our ministry. But then we began to sense that God might be leading us in uh, to a deeper step together. Yeah, and so for the past three years, you know, there's this shift that we began to sense that needed to happen, that our church had grown from one church family to thousands of people scattered all over our city. And so uh, working in conjunction with the elders at Harpeth, they decided to appoint a a board of elders, a governance team, to serve, to help steward and oversee the mission of, of Ethos. And so um, it's kind of been a revolving door the past three years of different people serving on that team and helping us. But there have been two men that exceeded far more than just three years that have been there the entire 10 years, this guy named Bob Wood and this man named Jason Thompson that have just been anchors for us on our governance team, loving us, serving us, doing whatever it takes to, to make sure our church is cared for and overseen. And, and when we get, began to make this shift, having a, a governance team over us three years ago, we knew that, that eventually there was going to be a day where we had um, internal elders, that it moved from this thing that was externally cared for and overseas to people within our own church family that would love us and care for us and help advance, advance and steward the mission that God has for us here at Ethos. And so, yeah, our, our team of pastors, along with our governance team over the last couple of years, we've been praying and fasting and asking God to give us wisdom on what this process looks like. And that's the heartbeat of this whole teaching today. And so it's our joy to, to share with you that, Lord willing, a month from now, on August 12th, for the first time, we're going to get to commission and appoint a group of elders, leaders, to join alongside of our pastoral team here at Ethos to care for and to bring the mission that we've always had into the future with us. You know, there's so many pictures in Scripture where you see this played out. One of my my favorite is in Acts chapter 14. The church of Antioch had sent Paul and Barnabas out to start new churches. They had started churches in the region of Galatia. And I love what it says in Acts chapter 14, verse 23. It says, Paul and Barnabas, they came back and they appointed elders for them in each church. And with prayer and fasting, they committed these leaders to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. And so I love this, this moment where they had gone out, they had done this hard work of disciple making, of church planning. They had been sent out from Antioch so much uh, like Sydney and I and the team had been sent out from Harpeth Hills. They were 
sent out to begin this new work. But then there's this moment where the work began to grow and they recognized that God had raised up leaders from within that could walk walk alongside of the pastoral team and bring it to a next level of maturity. So I think what we're getting ready to experience in so many ways is an Acts 14 moment. We're so excited about that. And you see this idea of an elder all throughout the New Testament. Even what Dave read earlier um, on 1 Peter chapter 5, it says the, the work of an elder is to serve the church, to lay down their life for the church, to, to love the church. And it's this biblical, but it's also this beautiful calling that God has given to these men that are going to be stepping into this next season of care for our church family. And the truth is, you know, this calling, it's like beautiful and it's awesome and we're excited, but it's a call that comes with so much weight and so much prayer and so much discernment. In fact, you know, throughout the New Testament, there's some really clear qualifications for what it takes uh, to be an elder, to be an overseer of a church. You know, it's not just something you jump into because it sounds fun and it sounds great. In fact, I'd encourage you to go back and to read a couple of passages in the New Testament and pray through them sometime this week. You can find uh, this in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-7. through 7. You can also find this in Titus chapter 1, verses 5-9. through 9. And It's just this list of, hey, here's, here's what it means to step into uh, this role together. And I want to make sure we understand that uh, as a church, that not only are these leaders going to be a gift to our body, not only are these leaders going to help us uh, anchor and fulfill the mission that Jesus has called us to, but these leaders, they are literally submitting themselves to the Lord and to our church family to help care for what God is doing here. And that's a really big and beautiful call. Now, I'm personally excited about this next season for our church family, but also want to acknowledge that whenever things change, that it also brings kind of this new dynamic. And, and so one of the things that we want to do, because we acknowledge that God is doing some significant things as a church family, is we want to do things slow and we want to do things in stages so as not to disrupt the great work that God is doing among us. And so practically what that means is that Bob and Jason, the two men that are currently serving on our governance team, they're going to continue to do that for a season alongside the men that we appoint as elders just to bring some stability and that those five together are going to help set the DNA alongside of our pastoral team to, to really pave the way for the next few years and uh, raising up more elders within our church family to serve and love and care for our church. You know, in this, this journey, it's been so prayerful and it's really been a lot of fun. You know, when we first started Ethos, like the average age of our church is like six years old. You know, everybody was so young. There's like no age, no wisdom, no experience. But over the last few years, God has raised up so many qualified leaders. And we're asking God, okay, who are the ones that need to help pioneer this movement? And, and the Holy Spirit, as we prayed and fasted, He kept bringing us back to uh, the same few leaders over and over and over. We just kept asking God, okay, God, what does this look like? And it's our joy to present uh, those three candidates to you today. And then over the coming month, you have the opportunity to get to know them a little bit better, to read up on their stories, to interact with them if you wish. Um, but the first candidate that I want to present to you is Brent Baldwin and his wife, Lisa. I don't know if you know Brent and Lisa. They've been a part of our church for several years. They have just an amazing family, three incredible kids. Brent and Lisa, they've been involved with so many different levels of our church family. They've led house churches, regional house churches. Uh, they've taught grow classes. Uh, they've worked with Aaron and Amy Etheridge behind the scenes to, do, to really begin developing a disciple-making culture in the context of our church. They're passionate about God's Word and obedience, and they've been seasoned by some of the ups and downs of life. What I love about Brent and Lisa is they have some really difficult parts of their story, and yet in the middle of all of it, just the beauty of Jesus just kind of resonates from the two of them. And I believe as you know, Brent steps into this role of being an elder, as Lisa's there joining him, serving him, walking alongside of him uh, in that capacity, I believe the two of them are going to bring so much to our church family as we think about what it looks like to steward this vision into the future. The second candidate that we want to present today is Todd Rodewald. 
and his wife Stacy. And Todd and Stacy have two amazing children. And when you look at their life, the, the way that they just choose to orient every part of who they are, it is just such a beautiful reflection of their love for Jesus and their devotion to the kingdom. And so been involved in so many different levels and aspects of our church, from house churches to leading grow classes to serving in the kids' ministry to, you know, most Sunday mornings you see them showing up early at the cannery, 7 a.m to set up chairs and to pour communion cups and to really set the, the place for people to encounter Jesus. And, and it's not just their involvement on Sunday. You see the way that they're, they're, they're orienting their, their business that they're trying to run, the way that outside of the church walls they're living and engaging and thinking about their neighbors. And it's just so impressive, the, the way that they're leaning the entirety of their life into the fullness of who Jesus is. And so Todd and Stacey, we think you're gonna bring a lot to our church family in this next season for what God has for us. Yeah, and the third candidate is Corey Barnett and his wife Jennifer and I don't know if you know Corey and Jen yet. They have four kids, just an amazing family. Uh, God brought them to Ethos a couple of years ago from San Antonio, Texas, and where they served as elders there at their previous church. And they just have this really uh, incredible story. You know, they have this passion for prayer ministry and disciple making. And so over the last six months in particular, they have, they have been working to train up just an army of prayer warriors in our church family so that Ethos can really go to the next level as we connect with God and as we experience inner healing as we learn how to connect with God more intimately. Uh, they're passionate about seeing people follow Jesus, and so they have this long track record, uh, both in our church and in other churches, of discipling young adults and college students, walking with people in the context of their marriage, helping people in the middle of all sorts of brokenness and hardship. They love just getting down in the mess and helping people through it. And what I love is I think about each of these candidates and their spouses. You know, none of them are perfect, but man, they love Jesus, and they love you as a church family. And as we've prayed, and as we've thought, and as we've wrestled with, and as we've discerned, we've sensed that this is the time to present these three leaders and their spouses and their families before you very humbly to say, hey, let's ask God if these are the leaders that God is entrusting to us in this season as we step into the next part of our mission. You know, we want to give you a little snapshot of what we think that these elders are going to be doing and serving our church family. And so they're going to come alongside our pastoral team, and they're going to do three things. Um, the first is they're going to help kind of discern the unique mission that God has for us in our church family and in our city. Uh, the second thing that they're going to do is they're going to keep opening their lives and their homes to us, to, to teach us and to walk with us and to help us grow into the fullness of Jesus. And the third thing that they're going to do is they're going to give us just some collective wisdom, our pastoral team, as, as we're trying to make decisions about how we lead and steward all that God has given to us and entrusted to us here at Ethos. You know, so over the last couple of years, I mean, we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been observing, we've been interviewing, we've been asking people uh, to consider stepping into this role. And it's brought us to this point where now we bring it before you, uh, our church family. And we want to ask every person that considers Ethos to be their church home to do three things with us over the next month as we decide whether or not... Uh, to commission these leaders officially into this role. And so we wanna ask you to join us in prayer, uh, to join us in sharing any concerns or thoughts that you may have about uh, these leaders, and last but not least, to come celebrate with us. And so this first is uh, to join us in prayer. You know, for the last couple of years, I mean, this is something that Brandon and I and the rest of our pastoral team and the governing team, we've devoted ourselves to this issue in prayer and in fasting, asking God to really give us wisdom and insight. And we wanna ask the whole church to do that over the next month, to thank God for these leaders, to pray for their families, to ask for wisdom and insight for our church as we step into this next season. And so uh, I want to just invite you every day between now and August 12th to join us in praying for these leaders and for this next step for a church family. The second thing we want to invite you to do is to share. And so if there is any reason that you think that these men do not need to be serving in this capacity, we want to invite you to handle it just like Jesus instructs us to in Matthew chapter 18, to go and talk to them and to handle it with them. 
And if for any reason that you think that the governance team needs to know about something, please, we've created an email account. It's elderfeedback at ethoschurch.org. Please send that to us and our governance team will be glad to, to listen to any concerns or thoughts that you might have. Yeah, so we want you to pray with us. We want you to share with us. And last but not least, we want you to come celebrate with us. So to go ahead and just mark on your calendar, Sunday, August 12th at 7 p.m., we're gonna have a special prayer and worship gathering in the one venue at the cannery up there on the third floor. And we're gonna get together and we're just gonna thank God for what he's done. We're gonna pray for these leaders. We're gonna anoint them. We're gonna commission them into this, this next season as they join our current pastoral team to help us steward the vision and to think about what it is that God is calling us to do as we move into the next season of life and ministry together. You know, how we begun our day is how I want us to end our day, you know, with First Peter chapter five. You know, I love all throughout that text where Peter is saying, hey, uh, for those of you that are being called to lead the church, it's a big deal. And for those of us that are being led in the church, it's a big deal to honor the leaders. But we have to remember that first and foremost, that all of leadership ultimately sub submits and surrenders to Jesus, our chief leader. Uh, it's what 1 Peter 5 verse 4 says, that he's the chief shepherd, he's the chief elder, he's the chief leader. In layman's terms, I mean, ethos is Jesus' idea. Ethos is his mission. Ethos is his work. It's his church. It's his body. It's his bride. And all of us, whether it's on the pastoral team or the elder team, we are serving Jesus in the mission that he's given us here in the city. And so we want to invite you into this over the next month to join us as we pray, uh, to share with us if there's something to share, to come ready to celebrate. And let's open our hearts and our lives, uh, not just to thanking God for what he's done, but to celebrating what it is that we sense uh, he's about to do in the years uh, to come. We believe this is a big part of being a church that keeps moving forward into the mission of being deep and wide. And so here, in just a few moments, uh, after we pray, our campus pastors are gonna give us some instructions of how we're gonna pray at each of our campuses. Then we'll take communion together and we'll worship. But Brandon, would you just wrap us up praying over these, uh, these leaders and praying over our church that God will give us wisdom? Let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful for this church family, for every person that considers this to be their home, and for those that are still trying to figure out if this is where they need to be and want to be. Um, God, thank you that, that your image is in each person, that you value each person. And God, we just come and we just say thank you for this body. Um, thank you for the way that you have um, raised up the Baldwins and the Rotowalls and the Barnetts. And God, we do just say thank you for them. Thank you for the way that they've served up until this point and for the way that they will serve after this. And we just give you thanks because we know that all good things are from you. And so, Lord, today help us to celebrate, help us to, um, to recognize how good you've been to us, how faithful you've been to our church family. And uh, we just look forward, God, to all that you have for us in the future. And so we love you and we are grateful for all that you've done for us. In your name we pray. Amen.